everyone and welcome to this episode of Talking It Out About. Um, I'm very lucky today to be joined by the wonderful person behind FND Connect. So welcome to the show. Hi there. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for coming on. Um, so just, um, I guess we start right at the beginning. Um, for those people who maybe don't follow you on Twitter, um, would you mind just kind of giving a brief overview of kind of how FND fits into your your world? Yeah, um, I mean, FND to, to an extent takes over my world. Um, yeah. I have a, a daughter who has FND along with other conditions. Um, mm. It makes it very, very difficult to manage. So mm. um, I am a carer to her, um, her support. And mm. uh, where possible, I try and support other people as well. Um, <laughs> Because not everybody has got that that sort of one-on-one person, have they, for for support? And yeah, uh, so that's where I fit in. I, you know, my daughter has FND, and uh, uh, yeah, it, it's very it's a very big part of our lives. Mm, FND tends to just kind of take over lots of areas, doesn't it? And just kind of creep into pretty much as much as it possibly can, um, which is, makes it so difficult, doesn't it? Mm, yeah, it does. And I think you you sort of you seem to get on top of a range of symptoms and you have all these sort of processes and procedures for dealing with them and then something else comes along and sort of smacks you in the face that you have to deal with. Um, <laughs> yep. That's a very good way of phrasing that. I like that. Yep, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it just kind of rears its head, doesn't it? And go, hang on a minute, you forgot about me. And you're like, no, I absolutely haven't. You do not need to come back up. It is okay. Um, would you mind um, discussing some of the symptoms that your daughter has? Is that all right? Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Um, it's very difficult with her mm. to know um, what is FND and what's a crossover of, of other conditions because she also has fibromyalgia, she also has cerebral palsy, and she uh, she also has CRPS. So when you put all that in a uh, put all that together, I, I sort of liken it to this cauldron that's sort of boiling over all the time. So you've got all, all this you know this range of symptoms. Mm. But on a daily basis, she will have multiple functional seizures, um, mm. uh, memory loss episodes where she doesn't know where she is, who I am, mm. what's going on, why she's in so much pain. Yeah. Um, she has migraines, um, query cluster headaches as well. Um, very, very high pain levels. And, and basically... Um, I suppose it's like any circuitry when when her body is in too much pain um, you know there's this sort of switch that's clicked um, and that's when she loses her memory Mm. Um, so sometimes she has um, paralysis sometimes she experiences functional stroke-like symptoms particularly Mm -hmm. in her mouth Um, they tend to come along with migraine Mm. Um, she has things like um, she's hypersensitive to touch, to smell, to taste, mm. to medication. Um, so she's she's extre- uh, and to light as well. She's extremely hypersensitive. Um, so yeah, she's she's got a big cauldron full of symptoms that are just bubbling away all the time. Oh my goodness, bless her! That that sounds like an awful lot to deal with, not just from her side, but also from your side. Um, just very quickly, just to go back, you said she had CRPS. Hmm. Um, can you just kind of would you mind just explaining what that is? Because I don't actually know what that is. is that okay? So, so that's complex regional pain syndrome. Oh, okay. so 
that's a, a another pain syndrome. So I think this is the issue with sort of treatment and management is that you've got a lot of pain going on in there and they're all sort of working. It's all sort of working against each other. Yeah. And it's, it's all those signals, like you said, like getting crossed over and mm. when your brain becomes a kind of over, oh, not overworked, but like I'm doing hand gestures. I'm sorry. That's not um, like overwhelmed with everything that's going on that's when like it short circuits like you sort of said and it that's right oozes yeah. things out yeah and that that big cauldron does bubble over and you're like great okay marvelous um <laughs> <laughs> it's just great fun um so from your side as a parent it must be so incredibly difficult to see your child go through that like I can't even begin to imagine what that's like for you well, I think I think um, because it's been a, a gradual thing, um, mm. you know, I, I, I believe that she first started, I mean, she's 30 now, but I believe that she first started experiencing um, symptoms of FND around about the age of eight okay. when she had some major surgery. Um, the pain condition really began when she was 12 after after more major surgery and mm. um, what was supposed to be a fairly routine operation um, the pain sort of set in then and mm. it's sort of over a period of time it's sort of worsened and worsened yeah um, so I think I have to it's very difficult you know she's I absolutely adore her and she adores me you know we have mm. a, an extremely close relationship and a, a huge amount of trust between us yeah and yes, it's heartbreaking to sometimes, you know, I, I witness her when she goes through these episodes of really high pain where she's screaming in pain, literally screaming in pain mm. and can barely take a breath for it. And that is incredibly hard. But on the other hand, I also have to sort of look at it from a, a clinical point of view to mm. be able to um help the people who are around her to be able to um cope with the symptoms to be able to do the right thing to settle mm. the sort of procedures etc that that are needed to help her get through these things mm. um obviously when somebody has absolutely no memory and they come around and say you know who are you and her first instinct is to sort of move away from me because i'm a complete stranger to her i don't take that personally i know that that is part and parcel of the symptoms so you have to kind of um I suppose um isolate yourself from the pain to an extent of yeah. course you can't do it completely and of course it's horrific to see somebody suffer in the way she does mm. but on the other hand um you know I have to sort of keep my head about me and make sure that you know, we all know the right thing to say when she loses a memory. We all know the right thing to do when she has paralysis. Mm. Um, and that's that's down to me. I have to I have to be the expert. Yeah. So you've, you've got like these strategies that you will go to that support her when she's lost her memory. So is so is sorry, that wasn't even a sentence. Let me try that. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to see my brain's working too far ahead of what my mouth is actually doing. Um <laughs> apologies for that um so you say you have uh, like a phrase that you will use when mm. she's lost her memory yeah would you mind sharing what that phrase might be if that's okay well the first thing she'll do is come around and say um what's happening mm. why why don't I know anything mm. um to which I will reply because you have something called FND and mm. that stands for functional neurological disorder yeah. It's an issue with your central nervous system and basically um, your 
brain has just been on overload. So, um, you know, we talk about we talk about circuitry. We yeah. talk about the um, hardware and the software that the mm-hmm. hardware is okay. Yeah. Um, sometimes she'll know certain things. So she'll, I mean, she's she has a a, a master's degree in history, mm. um, and so sometimes she'll say, "How do I know this from whichever year?" But I don't know who you are. Yeah. And it's really useful to have that computer analogy. You know, the uh, the hard drive, the software, because when she says, "Oh, well, I, I know about this, but how do I not know about you?" And I'll say, "Well, you know, think about a computer again." because you wouldn't have every file and folder open on your computer because it would crash. So at the moment, you can access certain files and folders and you'll be able to access them all in due course. Yeah. Um, That's a really nice way of putting it. Like, it's it's not... You're kind of explaining... You're giving enough so that she feels comforted, but it's not, like, it's so much that she's she, you then can't process what's actually being said. That's right. Well, everything at that time when she has no memory is very black and white. Yeah. So she has no humor. You can't joke. Yeah. Um, you know, you you have to just give it to her, I suppose, in a in a clinical way, and yeah. she will just say okay. And then, because she knows that somebody um, is able to tell her what's going on, that comforts her and reassures her. And then, bit yeah. by bit, she'll sort of let you in and decide that you're okay and you'll do. You know. <laughs> Yeah. you're safe I trust you it's okay <laughs> I feel like there's a lot of um because I have similar um moments um that your daughter does and I feel like from my side like I know that I don't have a sense of humor like um my husband was joking that you know I could that I was scared about going up the stairs and he's like oh that's because there's a troll up there and I was absolutely terrified then that there was a troll up the stairs um because in that moment I was so literal and I hadn't actually made the link across until you said it, that that's probably what was going on is that I lose that sort of sense of humor, that kind of mm. anything like that, because I'm just in like, yes, it has to be. It's the stairs, it's safe or no, it's not. Don't go there. And I will just trust kind of what's being said to me on the surface. Yeah, that's is, absolutely is right. the truth. Um, yeah. And that's just it's incredibly hard for the person going through it and the person that's with them as well, because I guess for you, she'll come around and she doesn't know who you are and that must like to I know when I've lost who my husband is that's incredibly hard for him because he's like well you don't remember me like part of me does remember you part of me does know that you are someone important to me and that you are safe for me I just can't find like you said the file that tells me this is who you are to me and this is how we link together Mm. um yeah you're making me question my own moments now (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's good I'm, I need to acquire like have some time I have to mull that over I think when we're done talking and just kind of work that one out but I, yeah. I always wear the same perfume always wear the same perfume because although she doesn't know me if I say to her you know just smell that do you recognize that and she'll say there's something familiar about that yeah so she may n- have no clue at all who I am but there's yeah. something familiar and reassuring about the perfume that I wear so I, I just wear the same one all the time it's just that sort of little bit of re- reassurance yeah. that she can have that's such a good way of doing it as well like, I know I get thrown off when people wear hats that throws me for a loop I don't know why it just does I can't can't handle um people wearing hats and actually it's that when the hat comes off I have sort of more of an idea of who you are. Mm. Oh, and I'm like, you could be literally anyone. 
So that makes sense with the perfume thing as well. Are there other little tips and tricks that you've kind of picked up as you've gone along that really help in that moment? Well, the thing is, it's one thing for me to know what to do. Mm. Um, you know, I've I've known her many years and I've, I've developed all these things, but yeah. it's passing that information on to other people so that they... Mm are able to um, respond to these situations if I'm not around because obviously I can't be around her 24 hours a day. Yeah. So, um, you know, I have written a document that is a um, a, a support plan, if you like, so mm. that whatever she goes through, there is a, a process in there yeah. um, that, that people can learn to mm. um, make sure that, she's as well supported as she can be because I'm, yeah. I'm very conscious that you know when you are the person for somebody it carries with it a huge amount of responsibility you know mm. I have to make sure that um, if something were to happen to me god forbid that other people are able to sort of get on that wavelength and, and help yeah. her in the same way yeah it's almost uh, like having that like and I don't mean this in a weird way but having almost like a cheat sheet like here's here's the key things you need to know and this is how it this is the way in which it needs to happen does that make sense absolutely I mean even with memory loss it's all written down people Mm. have to learn it but it's not just it's not just rattling a speech at somebody because I'm sure you'll know that in your situation that wouldn't work (laughs) for her it's about how you deliver it as well you have to have pauses in between so that she's just got time to digest Mm. um and and sort of work out what's going on and accept it you know if you just throw it at her then nah you know it it causes panic yeah so yeah there's um there's a lot there's a lot to learn and I think this is um this is an area really that um is is lacking in terms of um training I suppose Mm. um for people who support those with FND Mm. that um there's a lot of there's so many things that can go on um and uh, you know the when you hear about the stories of people who are you know taken to a and e um i think yes of course if it's something that's particularly worrying that people should go to a and e um but on the other hand um you know we've we avoid it we avoid it like the plague by (laughs) making sure that you know we we do learn the latest things we do follow the key players we do have that community access for the fnd society Mm. you know we do use neurosymptoms.org and i think i think really there should be an area somewhere for people who care for those with fnd to help them to develop um those coping strategies and the support strategies that are needed yeah Um, Yeah, completely. Because I think the, and that's why I wanted to talk to um, parents of people with FND, because I think it's really important that whilst the patient stories are shared, that people around those, those with FND also get to share their side. Um, And that whole sharing of like things that um, work or things that don't or things to try and sort of that kind of like coming together and sharing of ideas can be so helpful and you don't know who's going to take something away from it um, and who might have gone, oh, actually, I haven't thought of that. I will try it that way instead now. Um, but, yeah, no, I think you're right. There does need to be kind of more around the people who support those of us with it to support them, um, not only in supporting us, but also supporting themselves, if that makes sense. Mm, absolutely. 
but it's I think it's because it's such a um an area of research which is maybe lacking in comparison to others um the focus is currently on the patient side and maybe with time and with more conversations and kind of what you're doing with raising awareness of like the, the parents side and things like that maybe that will help kind of broaden that horizon of research that's going to come through maybe well I think um <sighs> I mean, there is so much information out there. And, and I, for one, I'm incredibly grateful to, you know, the, the people like John Stone and Alan Carson and, mm. um, you know, that they, they are incredible. When you see the way that they tweet, they are working round the clock almost. Um, mm. You know, they're not 95. Um, but I think what I would like to see is if there's some, um, and maybe it's, it's more of a, an occupational therapy or physiotherapy route where, there are some um, tips. For example, my, my daughter gets dystonia in her hands. Mm. Um, her nails will be digging into her hands. It's incredibly painful when it happens and she can't release them. Now, yeah. I have found that by gently manipulating both hands that eventually they will release. Mm. Um, but it would be great if, if there was something out there that said, right, you know, if you're with somebody and this happens, then try this. Yeah. Um, I think that 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 for me is what's you know that level of support is is really yeah. really desperately needed for carers and parents of those with FND how we can help yes it's distressing watching somebody in so much pain um what can I do about it mm. um and having that sort of sort of central place that go-to place where you can gain information and and sort of tips and ideas of of how to help yeah, no, completely. Um, it's interesting you mentioned about the nails getting stuck into her hand because I also get that and I actually will go up to people and say, can you just like wiggle my fingers for me and pull my fingers off of my palm? Mm. Um, because it is so painful and I end up with people like, can you just shove a tissue or a bit kitchen roll in between my hand, in between my fingers and my palm to kind of try and start moving them out? Um, I'd never thought of trying to do both at the same time though. I might have to, if that happens again, I'll try it. <laughs> i'm learning you know. so much already <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna give that a go because actually in my mind i just focus on the hand that's stuck but that's mm. a good plan i might yeah okay right i'm adding it to my list of things to to keep in my little toolbox in case it comes up okay um, but i think you are right like it's just having that that place where you can kind of almost like and this i don't mean this to sound weird almost like a google search of what to do when this symptom happens what's kind of what can i do that will that will help yeah. like is it that you kind of you do both hands if they are stuck together or do you just do one or kind of lots of different things that you could try because as we know fnd is a very fickle character and can change its mind about what's going to work quite quickly yes. um but i think yeah having that central place where you can kind of add in you know oh this this could be an approach you could take you could then kind of you could have that shared toolbox across people and it would just grow and grow and grow and you'd, you could end up with quite a, an amazing kind of set of things you could try. Mm. I feel like I'm saying the same thing. I'm really sorry. My brain's having a bit of a funny moment there. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you. Okay, that's fine. I'm <laughs> I like, think we're onto something. <laughs> I, I was like, I think I've just said the same sentence three times, but she's being very polite and she hasn't called me on it. I'm just going to keep talking. <laughs> it's going really well. Um but I wanted to go back actually when you said about when you talk to her and you use the pause, mm. that's such a powerful tool. Um, and it's it's such a it's an underrated one as well. 
when you're talking to just with anyone, whether or not they have FND or memory loss or whatever it might be, I think giving time for a pause is so helpful. And I'm now really aware of the fact I need to give a pause because I've flagged how important it is. So I'm going to try and pause now. Um, but yeah, that kind of that that breather to let them kind of comprehend what's just been said mm. and sort of what they then want to do with it. Well, I can I can gain my my daughter's understanding and trust within a minute. Can you? Um, mm, yeah, oh, wow. just by just by telling her facts and mm. make, making sure that I pause so that um, you know I don't I don't need to fill her brain with information. I don't need mm. to try and overwhelm her. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's as long as she gets the facts, she'll go. Yeah, okay, I accept that, um, mm. and then we can uh, we can move on. That's amazing that you can get it in a minute. Mm. That's like a finely tuned skill you've got now. Oh, that's, it's very, very finely tuned. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I think my husband will be very jealous because it takes me a good couple of minutes to come around to him, even consider that he might be an okay person for me to talk to. Um, that's amazing. Oh, like I that and that's just from your kind of set things that you will go through and you will say with her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's incredible. How do other people cope? when that situation occurs are they able to kind of using that checklist are they able to replicate that kind of that success yeah that sounds very formal sorry I didn't mean it in that no no but it is this is where I say you have to separate yourself really from the emotional side of it you know I I, at the moment when when she comes around and says who are you what you know what's going on with me Hmm. my thought isn't oh god she doesn't recognize me don't get me wrong when it first happened it did you know that was it was oh god you know my daughter doesn't know me and but now I just see it as part and parcel of her and Mm. it's gonna happen it's probably gonna happen multiple times a day you know sometimes multiple times a night because her pain levels just get out of control Mm. and um you know I I just I just accept it it's it's one of those things that that happens to her Mm. um not easy but no I don't think I don't think much with FND is easy unfortunately um but I think that's just I'm kind of a little bit like amazed that you can get it in under a minute <laughs> like I just that's incredible for someone who goes through it and has been the other side of it that's that's just amazing that she that, that's just incredible that just proves how strong your kind of your relationship is with her well it's not just my relationship I mean there are other people involved in her care and mm. they they all have to learn it to yeah. be able to support her because mm. you know it doesn't just happen with me yeah um so everybody has to be able to say the same thing at the same pace in the yeah. same way it's it is very finely tuned it's a process but then everything involved in her care is a process I mean, we have a lot of fun and we have a lot of laughs and we have a lot of love in between, but everything mm. is a process. Yeah. And it's just knowing that process, like you say, like people that come in will need to know that process and kind of learn it and run with it, not against it mm. that sort of thing. Yeah, yep. that, that makes sense. I guess I've never thought about it in that way before, but I'm sure if I asked my husband, he'd be like, yeah, there are certain things I will always do or I will always say but I've never really thought about it because at the time I'm, I'm too busy freaking out that there's a troll at the top of my stairs. Um, <laughs> as you do, because, you know, I fully trusted there was a troll at the top of my stairs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know, um, so I'm just, I'm just kind of processing what you said. Um, in terms of 
the kind of you talk like you said that other people are involved in her care and things like that um does she have access to things like physio or um a psychologist anything like that um no no she doesn't i mean we have uh, that bearing in mind this has been going on a long long time i mean mm. 17 years yeah um we do live in a bit of a remote area and um, again yeah i mean you know if a physio were to come round, they just um they, they're terrified of touching her because she's so hypersensitive mm. um and um she's got various injuries on her body you know she's got really badly injured shoulders from having seizures and mm. um getting mugged at university but that's another story um oh, um but uh yeah, I think we, we really are lacking in everyday care in this mm. area. Um, mm. I mean, she's done. She's done the CBT, as she said to me. You know, she's she's taught to death. I think this this idea that everybody is treatable um, isn't necessarily the case. Um, you know, she is highly complex. She's got a lot going on aside from FND. Yeah. Um, you know, we've, we've been there, done that. We could almost write the book on it. Yeah. And... Um, you know, we have to accept that, you know, you have to have realistic expectations, I think, with FND. Hmm. Um, you just you just travel and sort of deal with new symptoms. But um, she went from, I mean, she's she went from being a, a very fit wheelchair user. Um, hmm. I mean, she was always a wheelchair user because of cerebral palsy. Hmm. Um, but she went from being able to hand cycle 15 miles a night um, with me to pretty much being bed bound Hmm. Um, and you know it's uh, it's very very difficult very difficult on a daily basis but no quite an as well isn't it for her and for you to to go from being you know right um, hand cycling 15 miles to bedridden like that's that's quite a quite a change yeah and it's not it's not for want of trying I mean Mm. you know the minute she gets out of bed she's having seizures she's passing out with pots and um you know just will suddenly pass out and hurting yourself and Mm. um causing these huge pain flares so Mm. I mean don't get me wrong we never ever ever stop working towards a solution we you know I promised her a long long time ago that I would never ever stop looking Mm. um I think understanding understanding FND really helps understanding why she goes through certain things and Mm. what the body's doing Um, yeah yeah and it's that whole kind of I guess um I've, I've spoken about it with a couple of people about whether it is something that does stem from trauma or whether it, it's just one of those really unfortunate circumstances that just appears. Um, and kind of some people believe like understanding that that first trauma is really important to unlocking kind of the rest of it. Um, I take it from the way that you are talking is that you don't necessarily think that's correct or have I got that wrong? I apologise if I got that wrong. I, I think, you know, what what is trauma? What is trauma? Yeah, Yeah, she had a very traumatic birth. She was very, very premature and had a very traumatic birth. Mm. She had that major operation, which was the first sign after which um, she lost control of her bladder for the first time. So, you know, potentially that was the first indication of FND. Yeah. Um, It's very difficult to tell, you know, is it it because of the surgery? Is it because of her premature birth? Is it Mm. because of... 
um, you know, a host of things. We just don't know. And yeah. in actual fact, it, it's it's not that important in the scheme of things. As I say, she, we, we paid privately for, for two years for CBT. Um, mm. CBT helped to get to uni and um, has given her the skills to be able to, uh, you know, use mindfulness, um, yeah. distraction techniques. You know, she's got all the skills. She's yeah. been able to, to get a degree and a master's and is carrying on with education, which is her love. That's um, amazing. But uh, it's just, yes, yes, she could be analysed and analysed. But at yeah. the end of the day, you know, she's a very, very well-balanced young woman who is just suffering from pain. Yeah. And pain's such a powerful thing. And it can, it can kind of, it just gets into everything, doesn't it? And it, mm. it, that un, unravelling of where it is and, and kind of what, what is being felt and as the person experiencing being able to explain where the pain is and how it feels can be so hard because if we're all, if we're all like I know when I'm in pain I'm like I'm just in pain I can't I know my legs hurt but I couldn't give you more than that because I'm just experiencing it at that point um so I guess that must be really difficult as well for her to kind of be able to vocalize oh it's it's this kind of pain does that make sense yeah, although she's, to be honest, she's very, very articulate and is, is oh, able cool. to do that. <laughs> I, need to, I need to work on my skill. <laughs> yeah, she's, uh, yeah, she's, uh, she's very descriptive and uh, is able to sort of say exactly where the pain is, how it feels. Yeah. You know, she'll describe things like an electric worm going down her spine. Oh, that's very um, In the back okay. of her neck, you know, she'll, uh, she's, she's very, she can be very graphic when she explains things. I, I like the electric worm. I think that's a very cool way of describing that. I've I've never considered describing it as an electric worm. I like it. Hmm. Do you, do you have the electric worm? I mean, I I get I get pins and needles in my spine, um, which is really weird. Um, but I like the fact she's described it as an electric worm. I feel like that's really cool. I don't know quite how that would feel because I'm not like, but I feel like that's such a cool description. <laughs> <laughs> like I'd be like yeah I'm just experiencing the electric worm at the minute I think my husband would look at me and go what <laughs> that's a really cool way of describing it I really like it I've learned so much from this chat already I feel like I'm, I'm making notes like oh I need to remember this I need to try this <laughs> I need to do this this is the, this is the whole reason though I wanted to do this was to to learn from other people as well like as much as I'm sharing other people's stories I'm also learning I'm learning ways that I can then maybe incorporate into my life and my way of dealing with it that that might just make that slight bit of difference. And I think that's um, that's why I I love Twitter that that yeah. sort of environment because um, when when these experts and there are many of them um, yeah. share their recent findings and you know we can access that we can learn from that yeah um, and then being able to um, find new stories about people with FND and sharing those I yeah. think I think FND itself can be exceptionally isolating for people mm. um, and I think there are a lot of people out there as I say who probably haven't got that that rock of a person that they need yeah. and if we as a community can come together and, and in rock. some way support those people then yeah. I think that's really important yeah no completely and I think that that was kind of my whole motivation behind starting all this stuff was so that people didn't feel so alone um and that people that were going through it 
knew there was someone else also experiencing the same thing Mm. um because when I was diagnosed I didn't know I didn't know what it was I had no I didn't I've never met anyone with it I had not come across any of it and actually starting the journey of life with FND has been so helpful to me and I hope helpful to others because it's made me feel less alone and as the person going through it I feel less alone because I know I can come onto Twitter and I can say my brain is not behaving today how's everyone else and someone will kind of be like yeah totally get it like I'm someone said today like oh I'm walking like a baby giraffe and I was like I love that description Mm. like there's something so nice about having that community just at your fingertips and like I said and also being aware of like new research that's coming out and that constant sharing of kind of what's going on and maybe try this or oh there's been this new study whatever it might be is just so helpful because you wouldn't have access to it necessarily beforehand would you no but I think it's also um, providing real life experience for people who um, are maybe you know treating people with FND Mm. and we know that that you know resources are so overstretched that with the best will in the world when somebody goes to see a neurologist and they've got their 20 minutes or 25 minutes and yet you know we could all speak about symptoms of FND for a couple of hours I'm sure um so every time these stories are shared they're also sort of going from the ground up as well and helping understanding for people who as I say are treating those with FND Um, and that's really important yeah I think also it's it's, you you have you don't just have patients with FND on things like Twitter you have the parents of people with FND you have medical professionals who treat people with FND you have that whole kind of village approach almost to sharing of that information and actually hearing from the medical professional side seeing a seeing a thread about like how someone was treated when they were first diagnosed actually might really inform your practice and likewise for like you seeing someone mention something that really helped with their child you might then use that to help yours and it's that kind of give and take without realizing that's what you're doing Mm. I think that made sense did that make sense that makes perfect sense. Amazing. You know, when you, my brain is just having a bit of a foggy moment. I'm like, mm, I think that made sense. But then again, I'd committed, <laughs> I'd committed to the bit. I had to just follow that through. Um, I'm hoping when whoever listens to this, it does make sense. If it doesn't, I'm really sorry. Um, I try. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a bit of a weird brain. I do apologize. Just blame, um, it, blame it on a, a Friday afternoon. <laughs> I'm just going to blame it on my brain. It gets blamed for a lot of things, but I feel like it's the only card I've got because it just does some very strange things. Um, but hey, um, so in terms of kind of what, what would be, we said about that checklist and that kind of sharing of the kind of things that would be the most helpful what would you want to put onto that checklist for for a, a parent and uh, that's coming into this sort of situation? What would be like your top your top couple of things? Sorry, um, I put you on the spot there. I do apologise. I should have warned you. I was going to do that. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, I think the thing is, I think people, you know, we uh, we were one of them when when. We, you know, my daughter lived with FND for many, many years before being given that slip of paper for neurosymptoms.org and, mm. you know, sort of going and doing our own research. It can be really overwhelming, I think, yeah. um, because all, you know, all that information is there. And maybe, you know, in the in the first instance, maybe you're not affected by quite a bit of it. Mm. Um, 
I think it, as I say, it would be helpful to have something running alongside that. Um, so, um, and I've already mentioned dystonia, mm. um, and I don't, I don't know how many of the sort of things that my daughter suffers from other people with FND do. Mm. Um, I mean, for example, she will sometimes, um, burn up and, um, her hair will start to fall out. Oh my goodness. Um, now this may be one of the the things in the cauldron. This may not be something that is, you know, generally normal for somebody with FND. Mm. So, um, but I have a process for coping with that. You see, there's, um, you know, ways that I can cool her skin down and, and, uh, you know, deal with that. Mm. So I think, I think it's just practical things. I think if you had a, a, a list of symptoms and if there's sort of OTs or physios out there that, that could sort of throw a bit of light on, Mm. um, some of the symptoms and what could be done to help i mean a lot of the stuff obviously is going to be specialist and it's going to be in clinic and and what have you but um i think sometimes some of the information comes out in language that's quite difficult to understand and maybe maybe something that could you know maybe a leaflet caring caring for somebody with fnd Mm. um you know how how to how to help them the sort of information that that those with that you know going to a and e that person who is going with the person to a and e is there to to back up to mm. you know not let people walk all over them not mm. to say that the seizures aren't real because they're not epileptic you know mm. we've all heard the stories of of what happens in a and e yeah um and and just giving giving the people who support those with fnd the tools to be able to confidently say no you you know you've got this is not what's going on you can't treat this person like that yeah i think as soon as you end up in a hospital type setting um i know i i would naturally defer to the doctor because i'm like oh well they're like the expert but I think actually when you're the person experiencing it, you're the expert of your own experience and you've got to kind of like try and back what is happening to you. Mm. Uh, and like, you know, we've, like you said, like we've all heard like those stories and like being told it's all in your head and things like that. And I think you, you've got to kind of, you've got to back your own experience and be like, it's not that I'm not choosing to do this. This is not a choice. This is something that's happening to me um which can be really really hard to do but i really like the idea of a leaflet or something like that that's a really good idea i'm gonna have to think maybe maybe we can we can try and make something but that would be that i think that would be really helpful for people that are coming into it new Mm. um because like neurosymptoms and stuff like that obviously can be accessed by anyone but i think for something that was specific specific um for those people looking after someone with fnd that would be so helpful i mean i I can't imagine what it's like to have fnd i see it but Mm. i can't imagine how scary it can be with some of the symptoms Mm. you know my my daughter went all these years and then had a migraine and and had these functional stroke symptoms and and she just instantly started to slur her mouth drooped Mm. um and you know i was able to access information that reassured me that it was part and parcel of fnd that i didn't i didn't need to take her to uh to a and e but i think 
I think there's a, the, the, there needs to be more information. There needs to be more support for the people who are supporting those with FND. Yeah. Um, you know, not everybody can can read the academic articles and absorb it. But and that's you know, so complicated. <laughs> I, I I gate crash the uh, I gate crash the um, FND society. Um, in in Edinburgh, yeah, oh, when yeah. they did the uh, when they did the conference at Edinburgh, because she'd mm. been very newly diagnosed, and and I really wanted to, I really wanted to learn more about. Um, so, I, I kind of gate crashed, you know. I, I paid my money <laughs> and I went, and I felt like a fish out of water. <laughs> I but love I'm... you went. I, lo- I love it. I love it. <laughs> but I was so inspired, so inspired. You know, we had people like uh, Catherine Lafava up there. And um, and and John Stone and Mark Hallett and and mm. they were talking about all these things that, and I was thinking, you know, that's her. Mm. Um, the reason that she's so hypersensitive with her hearing isn't just because she's, um, you know, she doesn't she doesn't like it. It's actually causing pain. There's actually mm. a word for it. Mm. And being able to call her in the evening and say look you know you know that thing that you go through well there's a reason for it and I remember being so so excited Hmm. now I'm not suggesting that everybody goes to an FND conference (laughs) but there's a lot of information out there that can be very reassuring that isn't necessarily getting filtered down yeah no completely and they had that um the big FND conference over in America didn't they Um, yeah and kind of I looked at kind of gate crashing as you as you raised it um, <laughs> from my perspective I was totally going to gate crash but then it, it was so expensive and that was the thing like whilst there are these things happening they're so expensive to try and get into so although I wanted to do it to kind of do it online and I wanted to learn and stuff like that like the cost of it was just bonkers and I was like I want to learn but I can't I can't pay out to learn and you kind of get stuck in that loop, don't you? But yeah. I love that you went and gate crashed. I think that's amazing. Well, I did do the um, I did do the community access for the uh, for the Boston conference, and it was fantastic. Was it? You know, I I watched as many as I possibly could and just absorbed yeah. it. And um, but then you know, I I highly recommend the uh, community access for the FND Society because there've been so many webinars um, and uh, that have been put on there from. Mm you know neurologists and and what have you that the actual community access for that website is not terribly expensive but there's a huge amount of uh of information on there right that's going on my list as well my list is now growing it is now on my list to explore further into but yeah i think it's it's that um i know that my husband uh when i first got diagnosed downloaded i don't know how many academic papers on fnd and was like oh you should read this and i was like i don't know what the word that means don't make me read an academic paper it's not gonna work I'm sorry I can stare at the page and I can tend to read it but I've got not a scooby what it's chatting about like please don't make me read that um but he was in that same process of just trying to find out as much as possible from wherever it was wherever he could get it from um Mm. but yeah it's definitely overwhelming when you're then faced with an academic paper and you're like oh my goodness me there are so many words and they're all so scientific and I don't know what they <laughs> mean let me have a dictionary out as I read the paper and you tend you spend longer in the dictionary than you do reading the paper but <laughs> I think it's such a good way of doing it though if you can or going to like seeing the webinars doing those sorts of things must be so helpful um, I think yeah I think so I'm, I'm, so. gonna have to, I'm gonna have to up my game and see what I can find because I feel like I'm slacking now I'm gonna have to 
and <laughs> pass some time out of the table and, and try and put some of these things in because they're actually really good ideas and I don't know why I haven't thought of them other than you know life um I seem to have increased your workload somehow that, that's fine I'm okay with that I'll just <laughs> add it to my ever growing to-do list um and that is absolutely fine I do not mind keeps me nice and busy and hopefully <laughs> if not then it means I get to eat snacks as I do it so I can't complain um <laughs> so just to kind of finish up is there anything that you wish you'd been told at the beginning as a parent of someone with FND sorry I, I keep putting you on the spot I really shouldn't do this to people I'm so sorry I just think of them off the cuff and I'm like oh that's such a good question um I get it is it's a very difficult question I mean from a personal perspective um I think I think the point is that she she lived with FND mm. for 14 years before she was formally diagnosed. Yeah. So nobody could really tell me much because by that time we'd sort of, you know, we just were just dealing. We were just dealing with these ever-increasing symptoms. And yeah. I think for her, the fact that it actually had a name gave her a sense of belonging in a community because up until that point, you know, people would say things, well, um, my friend's got fibromyalgia and she doesn't, she doesn't go through what you go through. And um, she, felt, she felt very alone and very isolated. And I think that diagnosis itself was so vital because, yeah. as I say, it gave her a sense of belonging. Yeah. Um, I don't think that there's anything really that um, somebody could have told me about about FND that would have made any difference because, you know, FND at the end of the day is it's a label, isn't it? It's what you do yeah. with the symptoms and and how you handle it that is is the main thing. Yeah. Um, I wish there was more more treatment. I, I wish it wasn't just focused in in the cities. I mean, our neurologist is two hours away. And so it is it is a postcode lottery. And I yeah. suppose, you know, if I had a, a wish, it's that the people who like us live in an area where you're kind of just left to it. You know, mm. you're sort of um, having to deal with things pretty much on your own and finding your own way. And you just don't have that level of support. Yeah. Um, I wish that was different for, for us and for other people as well. You know, there's yeah. a lot of people out there, I'm sure, that... Uh, can't access treatment um, and I think maybe the thing that I if there was one thing for me personally it's just it would have been helpful to know from the start that um, not everybody is treatable yeah. um, I think it, it depends on your starting point now by the time she was diagnosed there were a lot of pain patterns that had already set in um as i say the lack of lack of support locally is is an issue mm -hmm. um i think if you're you know a fairly fit person and you are diagnosed quickly with fnd and it is your only condition then i think you've got a really good chance of um you know improvement and and hopefully um remission but i think yeah realistic expectations that's been my mantra all along i think yeah and that's that's a i think that that's a that's um the, the, what's the word i want that uh blah, blah, blah. i think that would be helpful to parents of people with fnd and also patients with it as well like being realistic with what what you can do in the day for example or whatever it might be 
having that sense of realism actually can be quite helpful um and that's okay to to view it that way and it doesn't mean you're being negative it just means you're being realistic with what's going on um does that make sense um, yeah absolutely yeah. I mean I would hate for somebody to think that oh well you know we're, we're not traveling with hope we are always traveling with hope I am yeah. always looking for answers I'm always looking for things that will make a difference yeah but I don't think this thing is ever going to go away so hmm. um you can just make it a bit more of your friend like, yeah just walk yeah. alongside it maybe instead of it leading the way sort of attitude yeah you just is, don't don't let it win don't yeah. let it win don't let it drive <laughs> I think someone said someone compared it to like a bear driving a car don't let the bear drive the car, put the bear in the passenger seat and you drive mm. the car. Something like that. I've probably absolutely murdered whatever it was they just, they, they'd said so beautifully. Um, I'm really <laughs> sorry. But it was something to do with a bear and a car and driving. It was along those lines. <laughs> just, I'm just going to stop there before I make it worse. Um, but thank you. Thank you so much for coming on and talking to me. Um, it's been really enlightening and I feel like I've got a lot I can, I can personally take away from this and, kind of look at and kind of see if I can get it to work in my own life so thank you so much for your time it is really appreciated well it's been lovely talking to you yeah um, and I look forward to seeing that um parent leaflet when when it when it comes out <laughs> oh, well we'll see if somebody develops a day <laughs> <laughs> yeah if anyone does you're more than welcome the idea was mentioned here first um <laughs> please credit FND Connect that was all her um <laughs> and if anyone fancies you know coming up with a traveling fnd clinic that goes into all the rural parts of the world please do it'd be greatly appreciated um but yes thank you so much for your time and for talking to me and um yeah thank you oh you take care and you thanks very much for listening okay. guys um and we'll see you next time on the next episode of talking out about